Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. And welcome back to another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the noon report, we give you direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are, as always, Jason McGuire at New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms and Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute. Well, Jason, I want to start with you again, talk about the migrant crisis in New York. Governor Hochul had a big press conference this week where she advertised 18,000 new jobs at 400 companies for these people coming in on a daily basis. I want to ask you, does this only serve as a migrant magnet? Will it worsen the crisis, or is this a good first step to solving this crisis? Well, I really have two minds in this, Bob. On one hand, we do want people working rather than just uh, living off of the government benefits. And because I see no indication that the Biden administration is going to secure the border, we have to have people working. But on the other hand, I think you are right. It's going to incentivize the behavior, and the problem is just going to get worse. We've got to secure that border, but short of that, I don't really know what else state and local officials can do to get people working. How about uh, Mayor Adams heading south of the border to tell people, don't come, it's not what you think it is. Uh, you support that kind of an effort. Well, I think the mayor is in a tough spot. And he's trying to do everything he can do to uh, to beat this back at this point. I mean, we now have Governor Kathy Hochul. We now have uh, New York City Mayor Adams, another Democrat. Both are indicating their you know strong concerns over what's happening, and and they see the problem. Uh, it's just ironic that we now see it in the sanctuary city of New York City and the state of New York when we have ignored so long what has been going on along the border with Texas and other border states. Yeah, uh, Michael, you've got a big month ahead of you next Monday. Hard to believe it's already here, but next Monday, not this Monday, the following Monday, October 16th, is the third annual March for Life in Harrisburg. Traditionally, it's one of the busiest events at the state capitol complex. How many people are you expecting to attend that event, and what are some of the issues you hope to raise at the rally? Well, first, if the two Pennsylvania Marches for Life in 2021, the first one in last year, any indication, I think we'll have thousands of folks filling the capitol steps for what will be a wonderful, life-affirming, God-glorifying event. Mm. We know that dozens of buses are coming from virtually every corner of the state for the 11 a.m. rally and the noontime march around the Capitol. And of course, uh, among the issues that we'll be talking about, obviously, just the precious value of every innocent human life. We believe in protection of life from conception till natural death. We'll be talking about the attack on pregnancy resource centers that has been launched by the Shapiro administration and members of the legislature, Democrat members of the legislature, have specifically targeted those life-affirming uh, ministries, the pregnancy resource centers that so many of your listeners support in New York and in Pennsylvania. Yeah, um, let me ask you a real quick follow-up, and we'll talk more about Dave McCormick later, but uh, he took some flack from conservative pro-lifers for changing the wording on his website about being unambiguously pro-life. The messaging by the pro-life movement, has that got to change to win elections, in your opinion? Well, uh, part of it is, uh, I don't know whether the messaging has to change. 
I guess part of it is is having candidates who understand how to message effectively on it. It's uh, number one, pointing out how radical and extreme the pro-abortion candidates are on that issue. Yeah. Uh, hunting season is here, Jason. It is a big deal in New York and Pennsylvania. We've been hammering on this issue for a long time. The gun owners are having some trouble getting the background checks for the ammo purchases. This is for the actual bullets they put in the guns. A gun's not really much good if you can't get the bullets for it. What is going on here? Explain that, if you would, and also hear that the Supreme Court may be wading into these waters when it comes to New York's gun control laws. Yeah, well, as expected, when the uh, state took over uh, the clearance for those NICS checks for even the purchase of a box of shotgun shells, uh, it was not going to go off without a hitch. There were going to be problems, and sure enough, what the state touches, the state tends to ruin. And so once again, the state has gotten this position where now when the hunter comes and seeks to make an ammunition purchase, that is delayed or denied. Hmm. Now, originally, the Second Amendment groups had appealed to Justice Sotomayor to see if this case could be heard at the Supreme Court. Uh, she rejected that, but in the rarely used Move, there was a second plea that went to Justice Clarence Thomas, who said, yes, uh, they will hear this uh, matter, and so this will be heard, hopefully will be settled very quickly by the Supreme Court, and Second Amendment rights will be restored once again in the state of New York. Gotcha. And Michael, O'Reilly Gaines is a name that we've been familiar with in the past several months. Her efforts at protecting women's sports, she's going to be the keynote speaker at your upcoming Friends of the Family Banquet. That's November 6th. That's a Monday this year in Hershey. Those who aren't familiar with her story, just explain who she is and why it's so important that this message get out in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so Riley Gaines uh, was an All-American Championship swimmer from the University of Kentucky with uh, plans to go to dental school, but uh, when she tied in a race, a championship race against male swimmer Leah, formerly William Thomas, who identifies as a woman and swam for the University of Pennsylvania women's team, well, the NCAA officials decided to give the trophy to Thomas which I think, honestly, is a metaphor for what the so-called transgender movement says to women, that you are always second place at best. Uh, that's what we're seeing in sports. That's what we're seeing with privacy and all of those things. So Riley is not going to dental school now. She is outspoken. She's a Christian talking about how we need to impact culture, stand up for what is true, and not to accept the lies of the culture. There's more information on your website at the end. Uh, we'll give that, Michael. Uh, you know, Jason, I've been wondering, you know, with parental rights coming under fire, schools, so much of it is indoctrination, not what to think, but how to think. What counsel do you give parents, especially those with young children, who are really unsure in the year 2023, what's best for their kids? Do I keep them in public school? Do I transfer them to private school? Or do I homeschool? How do you counsel so many parents? Because I have conversations with parents every day who are struggling with that very question. Well, I think parents have to understand that the state education system now has a hostility toward their Christian faith. And that's where there has been a, really a, a change that has occurred. It's much more hostile today. For example, in the guidance that we talked about, the transgender guidance, the DEI guidance, the only position the school can take on a gender transition is to affirm it. Hmm. All that flies in the face of what the Scripture teaches. Hmm. So I think parents have to realize that that's where they're coming from, is that the public education system is going to be at war with parents. Yeah. The second thing they have to understand is they have got to be talking to their students, converse with them. They are sending their students into these schools for six and eight hours a day. 
at night they have got to be talking to these students and asking them what they have learned during the day, seeking to debrief and head off problems that may be occurring. Yeah, Michael, the, we had mentioned Dave McCormick earlier. On the, the, the GOP yeah. has unanimously endorsed this guy, this businessman from the Pittsburgh area for U.S. Senate. That's an uphill battle. Bob Casey's never lost a general election. What does McCormick have to do to make that right? If he is the nominee, it's not a done deal yet, but if he is, what does he have to do to make that a competitive race? Well, it's looking like a different race than we had in 2022 when Dave McCormick ran in the primary and ultimately lost in a squeaker to Dr. Oz. We famously remember that, and then that was a loss. Uh, Bob Casey uh, still, I think, even many, many years later, still running off of his father's name as a U.S. senator. He really took that office and wins these elections because of the famous name of Casey. But he's sort of a hang-in-the-shadows kind of lawmaker. But what I think McCormick needs to point out is that, number one, Bob Casey, the senator, is not like his dad. Number two, that he has voted with Joe Biden 98.5% of the time. And if the popularity ratings of the polling numbers for Joe Biden are what they are, that, I think, is something that McCormick can hang his hat on and campaign against Casey on. Well, hey, this was a big week for those who support marijuana expansion in New York. The licensing for the cannabis shops was opened up also to those who don't have a pot conviction. Jason, talk a little bit about where this is going in New York State and what ultimately you think will be the result of this social experimentation. Well, the state is releasing another 1,500 licenses for various marijuana operations around the state of New York. And so we're going to see an expansion exponentially of what is occurring in marijuana around the state. You can't go into places now and not smell the weed in rental cars or restaurants or wherever. Um, It's only going to grow in years to come. And one of my biggest concerns is the message that it sends to young people. Already we are seeing that there is a desensitization to marijuana use and other drugs. And that loss of stigma surrounding drug use is going to be problematic for generations to come. Gotcha. We'll see where that one goes. But, uh, hey, just like that, we are out of time, folks. So many issues, so little time. If you want to get registered, it's coming up fast. Friends of the Family Banquet or the March for Life, all that information is online on your site. Michael, where can folks learn more? pafamily.org. Stay informed on all the issues in New York as well. Jason, uh, what is your website, sir? Openingupdate.com.